I feel a carryover from Sunday in this place. Somebody ought to let hell remind hell. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I walked in the enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Clap your hands, somebody, and give him a praise one more time tonight. Whoa. My God, it ain't nothing but a Holy Ghost party in here tonight. Whoa. You excited to be in the house of the Lord? My God, I know it's only Tuesday, but I've already got a testimony that God's been good to me this week. Anybody else feel that way tonight? God's already uh, kept you. God's already made a way. Uh, God's already opened doors. Uh, God's already broke you. Sister Vanessa, I know you got a testimony tonight. Uh, if ain't nobody else going to praise him, uh, I've got to praise What? You can be seated if you can for a few moments tonight. My God, what an awesome power of God is in this place tonight. And I'm telling you what, God's been doing some amazing things in this house. Let me say what a privilege and an honor it is to have all of our guests with us again here on Tuesday night. That's it. Come on, Rock Church, help me make some Holy Ghost noise for all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord. We are so honored that you joined us in service tonight. To all of our guests who have joined us online tonight. So good to have you streaming with us live. And uh, we're excited about what the Lord is doing in this house. Sunday we had seven more people baptized in Jesus' name. Filled with the Holy Ghost in this house. And uh, I'm just telling you, over the past couple of days... We have been receiving many, many texts and phone calls of praise reports and testimonies of God doing absolute miracles. God turning things around. God making a way. And I'm so grateful for that. So grateful for what the Lord is doing in this house. It's good to have Brother Jordan Alexander with us tonight all the way from Sacramento, Elk Grove, California. And I uh, appreciate this young man. And it's good to have him in the house of the Lord tonight. Anybody excited about VBS this week? My, 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 my. We encourage you to come out and join us this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be an amazing time and uh, you won't regret it. I am excited tonight to jump back into the Word of the Lord. We have been uh, spending our midweek services over the past couple of months preaching from the book of Matthew, chapter number 5, in a series that uh, we have called The Blessed Life. How many of you have been living the blessed life? Anybody been living the blessed life? When you, when you build your life on the foundation of God's word, you, it, his word works. And uh, the scripture tells us in Psalm chapter 1 that when we meditate in his law day and night, 
that we shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. And we're going to bring forth our fruit in our season. Our leaves shall not wither. And whatsoever we doeth shall prosper. Anybody believe that tonight? Anybody a witness of that tonight? Amen. And so we want to continue in the word of the Lord as we stand to our feet all across this house. Uh, you can go with me to the book of Matthew chapter number 5. And I want to read just one verse, verse number 9. And uh, this will probably be the conclusion tonight of this series. Now, you'll understand why in just a moment because uh, we are in fact on the seventh beatitude tonight, <clears throat> the seventh out of nine. But I think you'll understand tonight how this works together. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they, somebody shout they, shall be called the children of God. Would you put your Bibles down and one more time clap your hands unto the Lord in this house. Oh, why don't you mix your faith with the word of the Lord right here tonight. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated tonight. As I prepared tonight to study or prepared to bring to you this biblical exegesis of this verse of Scripture, part of the method of hermeneutics that I often will approach Scripture with when studying to teach is I will examine the text from several perspectives. I like to walk around the text. I like to look at it from different angles and inspect it from different perspectives in order to extrapolate from it its density and its greatest definition of truth. And as I was studying and praying over verse number 9, there were a couple of things that I think are worth mentioning tonight as we dig into the importance of this verse of Scripture. As you begin to study the Beatitudes and you put this verse of Scripture in context with the rest of the chapter and you begin to understand how it is uh, situated in the text, there are a couple of important truths that you will find. Number one, one of the things that I noticed in a study of patterns concerning this text is that there seems to be some relevance potentially to the sequentiality of these verses. There is an order to which these beatitudes are in place. And alongside of that, I couldn't help but to Notice the fact that verse 
Number nine gives us the seventh beatitude. Why is that important? Well, there are a couple of things to extrapolate here. Number one is the first seven beatitudes in chapter number five, you will notice, have to do with internal character traits. They deal with us as individuals and our character. And, and, and he begins to uh, describe for us seven things that are important uh, if we are going to live a blessed life. But there is a difference between the first seven and the last two. You will notice that there is a shift from a focus on the individual character and the last two Beatitudes have to do more with the application of the first seven. God gives us seven things that are critical and important to living a blessed life and being what God wants us to be. And then he takes the last two principles and gives us a context in which the first seven operate through. When you think about this from a numerology perspective, it is this verse number nine that gives us the seventh beatitude. One of the things that's significant about number seven in the Bible is that seven is the number of completion. It is the number of perfection. It is the number of completion. And so when you begin to read verse number 9 through the lens of the hermeneutic of numerology, there is an interesting uh, uh, kind of a, a prismatic view that you begin to see concerning number 9. It is as if uh, verse number 9 brings a culmination of all of the other Beatitudes uh, into the seventh uh, Beatitude that brings a completeness to these topics in which God says are paramount to the believer if they are going to live a blessed life. We get to this seventh one and it is a completion of revelation and understanding concerning these beatitudes. The next thing that you will notice, I mentioned this a moment ago, is that there is... There is something interesting concerning the sequentiality of this verse. If you'll remember in our last lesson, verse number eight, uh, situated right before this verse, uh, is the beatitude that says, uh, blessed are the pure uh, in heart. Tell your neighbor the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, uh, for they shall see God, this principle, as we studied in the last lesson, deals with the reconciliation of our hearts to the heart of God. It deals with our vertical relationship with God. Psalm chapter number 51, David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew within me a right spirit. The sixth beatitude deals with a vertical 
vertical, our vertical position, our alignment vertically with God, to be in right standing with God, to have a pure heart with God. But then you get to the seventh beatitude, and it follows the sixth, and it deals with horizontal relationship. The first one deals with our relationship with God. And the seventh beatitude deals with our reconciliation to our brother. And this forms a 90 degree angle. There is, a, uh, it is not linear, but there is a 90 degree angle uh, that is formed uh, between these two verses uh, that form the cornerstone. Uh, and you can find this principle throughout the Word of God this understanding uh, of a relationship with God uh, and our relationship uh, with people. I don't believe it's an accident uh, that the last two Beatitudes uh, deal with the reconciliation of our heart uh, to our God uh, and the reconciliation of our heart uh, with our uh, brother. There is a two-part revelation, uh, this vertical reconciliation uh, and this horizontal uh, revelation. As a matter of fact, uh, if you read in the word of the Lord, Matthew chapter 22, uh, you will find them asking Jesus, uh, Master, which is the greatest uh, commandment in the law? Uh, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God uh, with all thy heart uh, and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. There's the vertical challenge. This is the first and great commandment. And the second one is like unto it. He mentions the horizontal positioning of mankind. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two Two commandments uh, hang all the law uh, and the prophets. Uh, this is a powerful uh, revelation because Jesus said, uh, if you want to summarize uh, and bring a sum total, uh, a square sum uh, to the kingdom of God and living for God, uh, everything comes down uh, to these two principles, uh, loving God uh, and loving uh, people. If you can get a hold of those two principles, then you can make it to heaven. I've got to reconcile my life with my creator and with my God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I've got to reconcile my relationship with my brother. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called. Uh, the sons uh, of God. There's a powerful parallel. There's a powerful uh, relationship in these last two uh, beatitudes. It is uh, no accident that uh, uh, the sixth beatitude uh, deals with uh, being pure. Uh, and the seventh beatitude deals uh, uh, with uh, being reconciled to our brother uh, by being uh, a peacemaker. Uh, James chapter 3 verse number 17 uh, gives it to us this way. Uh, and it says uh, that that wisdom from uh, above uh, is first peaceable or pure, and then it is peaceable. 
Some of y'all missed that. The sixth beatitude uh, says that we have to be pure in heart. Uh, The seventh beatitude says, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, James said that wisdom from above uh, is first uh, to be pure. uh, And secondly, uh, it is to be uh, peaceable. If you are going to walk in the completion uh, of wisdom with God uh, and the kingdom of God, uh, you have got to live a life pure uh, with God uh, and you have to live a life uh, that is peaceable uh, with men. Oh, that feels good in the house of the Lord tonight. Sometimes we become so myopic concerning being right with God, that we negate the importance of our relationship with people. And the fact of the matter is, they are interconnected in such a way that you cannot have one without the other. You cannot be right with God and hate your brother. And you cannot be wrong with God and have a proper relationship with your brother. If you are going to have a cornerstone by which you operate in wisdom, in living for God, you must have a heart that is pure before God and you must live a life that is peaceable with your brethren. First John chapter 4 and verse number 20 says it like this. If any man say that he loves God and hates his brother, the same is a liar. Oh, it's quiet up in here. Y'all sound like bedside Baptist tonight all of a sudden. Can I just break that down into plain language? If any man runs the aisles and jumps and shouts with the choir, uh, but he's got odd in his heart against his brother uh, or his... I'm sorry. If any man uh, opens his mouth and sings uh, the praises of his God uh, but turns around uh, and can't stand uh, his brother or sister, uh, the Lord said that person uh, is uh, a liar. God stops the whole train right there and says your life is a contradiction. How can you say that you love God whom ye have not seen and yet you can't love your brother whom you can see? God said, I will measure uh, the validity uh, of your love for me uh, by your relationship uh, with your brother. I can't get an amen in the building. Uh, I will measure uh, your love for me uh, by your relationship uh, with your brother uh, and your sister. Uh, If you come to the house of God uh, and you've got all in your heart against your brother uh, and your sister, uh, then your walk with God is in jeopardy. Uh, There's a problem with your relationship uh, with God. Woo! 
And so it is, it is with this understanding, this, this square root, if you will, of revelation concerning the Beatitudes. You'll remember that as you study the Beatitudes, they, 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 they serve as a text from which Jesus preaches the rest of the Sermon on, on the Mount. It is as if the Beatitudes... Uh, are the scriptural text uh, that he takes uh, and then he spends the rest of his time uh, in these three chapters uh, expounding on the truths uh, contained in these verses uh, of scripture. Uh, you'll find that to be true concerning uh, verse number nine. Uh, Blessed are uh, the peacemakers uh, for they shall be called uh, the children uh, of God. You only have to read a few more verses into the chapter. And when you come to verse number 23, you will see the Lord expounding upon the truth of verse number 9. When he says this, are you with me tonight? He said, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar... We understand the significance of the altar uh, is an exchange of devotion to God. It is the place that we bring our worship. It is the place that we bring sacrifice. One place in the Bible says to offer unto God the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of your lips. There is an exchange that begins to happen whereby we express our worship unto God at the altar. And he said, if you bring your gift to the altar and there where there at the altar you remember that thy brother hath fought against thee now I want to stop here for a moment because it didn't say if you remember that you've got aught in your heart against your brother but you remember that your brother has a problem with you. Now let me stop and deal with something here because here's what jumps out from the text at me. If thou remember. That means that if you can come to the altar and maybe remember, then you can also come to the altar and forget. The fact that you Remember that your brother has ought against you is proof positive that there is unresolved issue between you and your brother. Oh, it's going to get good in here uh, because too many people uh, like to live by the worldly mantra uh, that I can forgive, uh, but I won't forget. I can forgive, but I'll never forget what they did to me. I can, I can forgive them. Can I submit to you tonight that you cannot truly forgive like God forgives without forgetting about what somebody has done to you? I'm going to lose about 50% of my amens right here.
Give me, give me scripture for that, Pastor. Thank you. I'm glad you asked. You will remember the second part of verse number 9 is the blessing that comes from being a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of of God. Why is that? Because uh, when you are identified as the son of somebody, it is generally because uh, you are displaying particular attributes uh, that are uh, germane to your father or your mother. In other words, have you ever seen somebody do something and you said, that, is, that boy is his father's child. That girl is her mother's child. Why? Because they are displaying some attribute uh, that, that somehow they got from their father. Somehow they got that from their mother, a, a way that they talk or they walk or they behave themselves. And, and this is so powerful that, that Jesus even espouses uh, the same ideology uh, when he says uh, that if you lie, uh, you, you, he told one set of people, uh, he said, you are of your father, uh, the devil. Because he was a murderer from the beginning. He associated their lying with the devil. He said, you are of your father, the devil. And can I submit to you that if you display attributes that could reveal the first man, Adam's nature in you, when you get the Holy Ghost, there ought to be some things in you that reveal the attributes of the last man, Adam. When you are born again, you have a new family tree. You have a new, come on somebody, you are born again from above. And all you have to do is understand how your father forgives. All you have to do is understand how your father handles forgiveness. And the book of Hebrews chapter 10 says, uh, concerning the sins of Israel, uh, it says that he remembereth uh, their sin uh, no more. When God forgives you, when God, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. When God says, all right, I'm going to pardon you. I'm going to forgive you. The Bible said that he doesn't remember it any longer. Somebody needs to get a hold of this truth tonight. Uh, you five minutes later, uh, you start talking about it. God will say, I don't even remember uh, what you're talking about. Uh, I don't even remember what you did. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, God has short-term memory uh, when it comes to forgiving. Uh, our, some of y'all don't want to amen because you already know uh, where I'm going with this tonight. Uh, when God forgives, uh, God forgets uh, about it. Uh, and then in Micah chapter 7, uh, Verse number 19, uh, it says that he casts uh, our sins uh, into the depths uh, of the sea. 
In other words, when God forgives, he casts our wrongdoings into the sea of forgetfulness. The problem is, is that's how God forgives. Yet we come to the altar and we remember that our brother has all in his heart against us. So Jesus said, if you find yourself in a position where you come to the altar with your gift and you remember that your brother hath ought in his heart against you, leave your gift at the altar and go thy way first, be reconciled to thy brother. I love this right here because reconciliation is an accounting term that means there's a discrepancy in a total of a ledger somewhere. And when you are reconciling, for example, your checkbook every month, like you should be, oh Lord, it got real quiet in here. And you discover that there's a mistake somewhere, you have to find the mistake and adjust the difference. That's called reconciling until the numbers now match. And the scripture did not say, reconcile your brother unto yourself, which means God said, don't consider yourself the standard of what's right. And expect your brother to measure up to you. But reconcile yourself to your brother. You know what that means? I leave my gift and I go to my brother not expecting him to make the adjustment. But I go to my brother ready to make whatever adjustment I have to make to reckon. I know some of y'all ain't shouting, but it's the Bible anyway. Leave your gift at the altar and find your brother, find your sister, and make whatever adjustment you have to make until you are reconciled to them and both of you are on the same page. Ooh, this is really good preaching. Reconcile yourself to your brother. Then... Go offer your gift. You'll remember Cain and Abel offering their gift before God. Abel's offering was accepted. Cain's was rejected. Why? Because he didn't do it God's way. He was being stubborn. And the Lord came to him and said, Cain, if you would just do it the way I told you to do it, uh, I would accept your offering just like I accepted your brother's offering. 
Could it be that so many times uh, we have a difficulty with breakthrough in the altar uh, because we are striving against God's purpose uh, of reconciling with our brother uh, and our lack of breakthrough in an altar, uh, the struggle in the altar uh, is a direct indication uh, that there are unresolved relationship issues uh, outside of the altar uh, and you're trying to ask God to forgive you. Uh, You're trying to ask God to deliver you. Uh, You're trying to ask God to empower you Uh, and God's saying I'm not accepting your gift uh, until you get up from where you're praying uh, and go find your, oh this is really good. Uh, Go find your brother. Uh, Go find your sister uh, and make things right uh, and then come back and pray. I'm going to tell some of y'all the trick uh, to you getting a breakthrough uh, has nothing to do with praying harder in the altar. Uh, It has to do with you obeying uh, the principle of the word uh, of the Lord. Uh, Blessed uh, are uh, the peacemakers. Get up and go get things right until you can come to an altar and your memory isn't full of what your brother or sister did against you. Whoa! I'm preaching so good right now, I'm going to buy my own CD. I'm going to watch my own broadcast tonight. Reconcile yourself to your brother. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. My peace is worth too much to me for me to let my problems with my brothers keep me from living a peaceful life. I can't afford to live every day of my life uh, under condemnation and in contention and worried and stressed out. And and I'll tell you the easy answer uh, is to go and reconcile uh, yourself uh, unto your brethren. Woo. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. And verse 27 says, verse 26, he says, Be angry and sin not. Then he says, Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You know what God was telling his people? To get angry is natural over things. But you shouldn't let it make it into the next day of your life. Come on, somebody. Let me just go ahead and preach it like it is. Holding a grudge is a sin. I said holding a grudge is a sin. I'm going to preach till I got the rest of y'all prayed through tonight. Uh, Holding uh, a grudge uh, against somebody uh, is a sin. Why? Uh, Because it's not the nature of your God. The Bible said that his mercies uh, are made new uh, every uh, morning. Uh, And if God has enough new mercy uh, for me every morning, uh, baby, I got to have enough mercy uh, for you every morning. The reason some of us are living 
an apostolic life short of God's promise isn't because we don't believe this truth. It's because we're simply not living according to these principles of the word of God. And you're carrying weights of trouble and condemnation and friction that are prohibiting your access to the throne of heaven. You ought to make it a practice. I'm not letting the sun go down on my wrath. Brother Ham, now he didn't do this. I'm just using his example. Because he could take it. It's an awesome young man. <laughs> Woo. He looking fly tonight in that suit, that fresh haircut, that clean shave. He's too legit to quit. Two snaps and a twist, can't touch this. But Brother Ham made me angry today. He said something. He did something. I'm... You know what? It ought to be your standard that before I go to bed tonight, uh, I'm going to go to my brother uh, and I'm going to reconcile myself to him. I'm preaching to some of you uh, some very simple principles uh, that'll get you unstuck uh, from the, the, the rut uh, that you're living in in your walk with God. Get it right. Why? I'll tell you what happens. If you read the next verse, here's what's directly connected to forgiving your brother not letting the sun go down on your wrath. It says, give no place to the devil. You want to know what you do? Are you listening to me? You want to know what you do uh, when you let the sun go down on your wrath uh, and you hold a grudge day after day? You open an opportunity uh, for Satan in your life. I said you open an opportunity uh, for Satan uh, to begin to work uh, in your life. So you have to make sure that you live a life every day as a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. <laughs> Psalm 119 verse 165 says, now, this is going to be a hard pill to swallow. But some of y'all need to memorize this verse. You ready? Great peace. Somebody say great peace. Tell your neighbor great peace. Tell your other neighbor I want great peace. Great peace. Have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You want a life of peace? Get offense out of your heart. You want to live a life of peace? Get offenses out of your spirit. Oh, I'm preaching so good to somebody right now. If you find yourself every time you turn around angry with people, upset with people, offended with people, it's time to get to an altar and get it out of your spirit. 
I'll bet you that half of your challenges with the kingdom of hell uh, are situated uh, around this principle right here uh, in your life. Uh, you've given place to the enemy. Uh, you've laid an environment uh, and an opportunity uh, for Satan to go to work uh, against your life. <laughs> As a matter of fact, here's how the Bible tells us to live. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 says, But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies. It's so quiet I could hear a rat licking ice in the men's restroom right now. <laughs> love my enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Quit telling your haters off and start blessing them. I'll wait. You got to let your hater become your escalator. They're looking for the organ to be back in this up right here. Woo, Lord. Do good. I didn't say that. This is what Jesus said to do. You want to live a blessed life? Be a peacemaker. This is how a peacemaker lives. You want peace? You've got to make peace. Bless them that curse you. You don't know what they said about me. You ought to walk up and hand them the baddest compliment they ever got in their life. Brother John, man, if I had that suit, I'd burn this one. You're looking good tonight, man. He knows, he knows he just said what a... Well, I'm going to take it easy. He knows what he just said about me. Brother John, I just want to tell you, you're doing such an incredible job with our young people. I appreciate you. Blessed are the peacemakers. Perfect wisdom. Love God, love people. Perfect wisdom from above. I love God and I love people. I love them when they hate me. I love them when they talk about me. In the words of a man that used to come to church here, I love you and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Love them. Bless them and curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. Bing. All the people left the building. Where's the sonar? Do, 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 do.
teaching us not to be retaliatory. <laughs> Offer him the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid him not to take thy coat also. Oh, you must really be in need. I can't even take this off. Yeah, Facebook collar. It's all good. I got my tie. I'm tired of people always just take, 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 take. Tired of people always want something from me. Only time they call me is when they need something. I'm glad I don't pastor that way because y'all, most of y'all would have been disqualified. Only time I hear from most of y'all is when you got trouble and you need something. <laughs> Only time they ever call when they got. I'm just playing it ain't most of y'all. <laughs> I'm going to be nice. You, you, you need that? What else you need? Here. Oh. You need, I got to fake it because I ain't got it. You need $100? Here you go. Thank you. Thank you. What else you need? If you notice somebody is in need, just keep on giving. My relationship with them is more important. I said my relationship with them is more important. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. Let me stop and just teach you something here really quick. I don't lend money to people. I just don't. If you come and ask me to borrow money, I'm not going to lend you money. Now before you get all worked up and angry, call me selfish, let me... Let me explain something to you. When I lend you something, you become a slave to the lender. That's what the Bible says. Am I in the book, Sister Mandy? I don't ever want my brother or sister to be beholden to me. So I don't lend it. I don't lend it. What I will do is if I can help you and I've got it to give, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm not expecting anything in return. Because I don't ever want there to be an opportunity where you owe me something and you feel beholden to me and it creates conflict between you and I. That's good preaching right there. To every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. Some of y'all are real angry right now because you, you realize how much people owe you. <laughs> you're, you're calculating right now all the stuff you're about to have to forgive. Just go ahead and forgive it. And watch what God releases out of your life. 
Some of y'all just ought to go ahead and do a year of jubilee, a seventh year reprieve. I'm letting it all go. If you owed me anything, as of tonight, you don't owe me. Come on, somebody. I dare you to go ahead and live that way and watch what God does. I got some kids saying, amen. They owe their mom and dad money. They're like, amen. Preach, pastor. Woo. God, I feel something in the homes. All this has to do with being a peacemaker. I'm making peace, not trouble. I'm looking for peace, not conflict. Verse 31 says, And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. And here's where, I, here's where I really want you to pay attention. Verse 32 says, For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. Anybody can return good for good. Come on, church. This ain't to the sinner. This is to us. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. Verse 34, and if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners uh, to receive as much again. But verse 35 says, but love ye uh, your enemies and do good uh, and lend uh, hoping for nothing again uh, and your reward uh, shall be great uh, and ye shall be the children uh, of the highest uh, for he is kind uh, unto uh, the unthankful uh, and to the evil. Verse 36, be ye therefore merciful as your father also merciful. Tell your neighbor, peace. I got to be a peacemaker. I got to be a peacemaker. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 14 and 15. I love this. We like to quote the second part of this. Follow peace with all men. And holiness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Now I'm not making fun of holiness. This church knows I'm a holiness preacher. I'm going to be teaching holiness again here real soon. And in the meantime... Yeah. In the meantime, you could jump on our podcast. You could jump on anywhere you want and find our whole series of teaching on holiness. I believe in holiness. Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. But we don't want to quote the first part of that. You know what else you need to see the Lord? Following peace with all men.
I'm sorry. If you're embroiled in controversy with people all the time, you ain't going to make it. I got three amens, two hand claps. I'm sorry, I'm not preaching Snickers candy bars tonight. I'm giving you some principles to live a life of peace and to make it to heaven. If you're going to have peace, you've got to make peace. You've got to be intentional about how you live your life and conduct your relationship. The whole law hangs on these two principles. Love God and love people. Follow peace. With all men. And then verse number 15, we never quote it. But the next verse says this. Looking diligently. That means that you pay close attention and you're diligent about this in your life. Lest any man fail of the grace of God. How do you fail of the grace of God? When God's forgiven you and you don't forgive somebody else. When you come to the altar expecting God to forgive you and you remember you're holding them accountable for everything they did to you wrong. Lest any root of bitterness springing up Trouble you. You look up that, that phrase, trouble you, and in its original context, it means lest a weed grows up of bitterness and chokes you out and kills you. When you live a life without peace with your brothers and sisters, you allow roots of bitterness to begin to grow in your life. Become bitter. Become angry. Every day you're living. And every day you live with that bitterness in your life. Because you won't let go. It starts to grow up and wrap itself around your walk with God. It'll wrap itself. It'll rob you of your joy. It'll rob you of your peace. It'll start robbing you of your thoughts your peace of mind, until pretty soon you, you, you can't even worship God freely in church anymore. Because all you can think about is the people that did you wrong. Until pretty soon you can barely even raise your hands anymore. Why? Because you've let that brood of bitterness, it has sprung up in your life and it's wrapping its arms around you and you can't even live with freedom and liberty for God because you have left that part of your life unattended. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. 90% of people I know that backslide, backslide because of bitterness in their heart towards a brother or a sister. Come on, somebody. 
Somewhere we've got to learn. This isn't just about saying that we love God. Our love for God is going to be measured by how we handle our relationship with people because the way we handle our relationships with people is a direct reflection of the God that we serve. Music, come and give them some good music. And so what does all of this mean? All of these beatitudes, living a blessed life, all of this being poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart. All of this comes down to loving God and loving people. And here's what happens is the next two beatitudes are this. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And I want to close by making this statement. You can't be a Christian without a cross. I said you can't be a Christian without a cross. The symbol of Christianity is not a crown. It's a cross. Jesus said, if any man follow after me, let him Deny himself. Somewhere you've got to get over you. Somewhere you've got to get delivered from you and your feelings and your perceptions. You've got to quit letting your whole world be focused about your thoughts and your feelings. The world is bigger than you. If any man follow after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. See, this is the part of living for God we don't want to talk about. All we want to talk about is Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10. Open those windows of heaven, Lord, and bless me. We don't want to talk about carrying the cross. 
What does it mean to carry the cross? Ask Jesus. It's going to mean some of the people that you've done nothing but love are going to put a whip on your back. It means the people that you've done nothing but give them truth, they're going to spit on you. They're going to betray you. They're going to lie on you. They're going to speak all manner of evil. If you're going to follow me, if you're going to be a Christian, don't you think you're going to escape the call of the cross? Your Christianity is not going to be tested by how you handle God blessing you. It's going to be tested on how you handle the cross. You're going to carry... You're going to carry the very thing that they're going to tie you to. You're going to carry the very thing that you're going to have to lay yourself down on. Jesus said, no man took my life. I laid it down willingly. Some of us keep running from the cross. But the cross is what God uses to crucify our flesh. And you know what happens when you lay on that cross? You can't crucify yourself. Somebody else got to get the hammer. Somebody else has to get the nails. Somebody else is going to drive them in your hands. Somebody else is going to drive them in your feet. And God's going to watch how you respond to the cross. Blessed are the peacemakers. I want us to stand tonight all over this house. Today as I was praying, preparing for this service tonight, I felt like God laid a heavy burden on my heart for people that God has called you God has anointed you. God has plans for you. But you've got to catch the revelation of this scripture tonight. Blessed are the peacemakers. It's time for you to get a resolution in your spirit that I'm going to set out on a mission to make peace in my life. I'm going to set out on a mission to reconcile myself unto my brother. Come on, hands lifted all over this house. Hands lifted all over this house. I want somebody in this place tonight. I want you to make your way down to this altar. Come on. Somebody in this building. Lift your hands and begin to talk to the Lord in this place. Come on. In the name of Jesus. 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 Listen. Listen. Here's what, I'm, here's what we're going to do. Here's what I feel in the Holy Ghost. We're going to do what the Bible instructed us to do tonight. If you're here tonight and you remember that your brother has ought in his heart against you. And maybe you have ought in your heart against your brother or sister. Somebody needs to obey the Holy Ghost tonight and leave your gift at this altar right now and go to your brother or your sister.
and reconcile yourself to them. I want every head bowed tonight. I, I, want, I want every eye closed. Nobody looking around. I want, us, I want us to lift our hands and begin to pray. And I want us to create an atmosphere right now where we can move with liberty and freedom in this house. Because God wants, to, God wants to heal some people in this building. God wants to bless some people that are in this house tonight. Uh, and God's saying, you can't move any further than this uh, until you lay your gift at the altar uh, and you go find your brother. Uh, you go find your sister uh, and you get things right with him. Come on, all over this building. Let's lift our hands. Let's begin to talk to God in this place. Come on. Come on. Come on. If somebody comes to you tonight uh, and begins to talk to you, receive them as God would receive you. Receive them the way you want God to receive you uh, at an altar tonight. Come on. Come on. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Nobody looking around right now. Come on, blessed are the peace. Some, somebody needs to make peace tonight. Somebody needs to make peace tonight. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I can't keep living every day. I can't keep letting the sun set on my unforgiveness. I can't keep letting the sun set on my anger. I can't keep letting this root of bitterness destroy my walk with God. I can't keep letting this root of bitterness wrap itself around me and destroy my walk with God. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's get it right. Let's get it right. Come on, nobody looking around. Just pray. Just pray tonight. Just pray tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.